Hi, everyone. Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. BA2 is a subvariant of the Omicron variant of the coronavirus. It's surging in Asia and Europe at the moment, and it's now present in San Diego. San Diego County's latest report identified 140 cases of the BA2 subvariant here of about 2,700 coronavirus cases total. Dr. A.L. Oren is a professor of epidemiology at San Diego State University's School of Public Health, where he's also the interim director of the school. Well, Dr. Oren, thank you very much for joining me. What do we know about this BA2 subvariant so far? Sure. Um, so we know, um, well, maybe I'll step back a little bit and just kind of note, because it gets very confusing with all these variants and subvariants and all this kind of stuff. So, um, you know, so when we talk about a variant, we sort of start to think about how these different um, viruses differ from each other. And there are many, many in their own um, genetic makeup, essentially, right? So um, there are many different kinds of um, variants out there, and some are of less concern and some are of more concern. And, uh, you know, obviously this winter, we had our first um, Omicron, uh, well, we have Omicron as a variant. <laughs> and then um, Omicron itself has uh, three main subvariants that we know about. And so the one that was detected kind of towards the end of last year on November um, was what we called BA1. And BA, and the reason it was kind of different than what we'd seen was because of the large number of mutations, particularly in, in a, a protein, the spike protein that helps capture our own cells. So, um, so BA1 obviously was the one that caused very widespread transmission um, in the US worldwide, in our, in our county. Um, so now we have um, another, what we'd call subvariant, that's BA2. And BA2 is similar in some ways to BA1, um, but also dissimilar. And that's why it's sort of the subvariant um, because so it shares a whole bunch of these mutations with BA1, about 30 of them and then also has a number of unique mutations, but still is relatively similar. So that's sort of kind of the family tree. Um, so what we've seen is that this BA2 has um, spread very quickly um, in different parts of the world. And uh, in particular, we've seen um, wide, quick spread in Europe. And that's been sort of, a, I guess, a canary in the coal mine for us, because when things usually have happen quickly in Europe and also then happen fairly quickly after in the, in the United States. So what we've seen, you know, what we saw for a while was that the, the subvariant, so we basically had this large peak of this first variant, what we call BA1, right, in January, and, and then that's receded and it's con continued to recede. So those BA1 cases have gone down. What we have started to see is that as a portion of the overall pie of COVID, these BA2 this BA2 subvariant has gone up. And so it doesn't mean that our overall number of cases has gone up. If anything, actually the overall number of US-wide COVID infections has gone down pretty sharply since January. But as a portion of that pie, about a third of the cases now constitute this BA2, okay, this new subvariant. And it's higher in some places. I think, you know, in the Northeast, it's more than half now. And um, so, um, so one of the concerns is that this BA2 subvariant is 
potentially more transmissible than BA1. People are like, well, how is that possible? BA1 was like, went through the population. And um, at least in terms of what we're, we've seen and understand of, the, of this because of some of the unique mutations, that's likely. But at the same time, it doesn't seem to be making people sicker. Okay, so, um, so that's kind of one thing to consider. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so when we when we talk about this, I think the big question on everyone's mind is, yeah, I mean, do we need to worry um, about our health? Do we need to change our habits? Do you think that, you know, this could cause shutdown similar to we've seen in the past? So what how should we react? Yeah, well, it's a great question. Um, I think there, there are a number of things. I think for one, obviously, we've seen a lot of COVID fatigue in this country. And um, I'd say that also means that's among kind of everybody hints that I think the likelihood of like a stay at home or total shutdown is really slim unless things like go out of control in a big way. Um, and then in terms of the actual, you know, what we've seen, you know, so usually we've seen a lag, let's say with some European countries like the UK, we've seen a lag. And I think this is what you're maybe referencing. I saw kind of the text to our communications person, Corey, um, you know, that what Fauci was saying, you know, so, so we've seen this lag of a couple of weeks um, in terms of the cases, um, but it's not been a huge lag. And so basically if, based on what we've seen in European countries and also saying that in some countries it's now going down, we would expect that uptick in cases really soon, you know, within the next couple of days. And so I think one thing is that, you know, if we haven't seen an uptick quite yet, there's some room for optimism just in terms of the timing. Um, the other pieces, there are two other kind of pieces that I'd say give us room for optimism because um, we don't know, right? And we've not had a crystal ball for this. And I would continue to say, it's high likelihood we'll see, you know, continue to, you know, future upticks, whether it's this variant or others. But the other things I guess I'd say is that we now have a fairly large proportion of the population that has some level of, of immunity, of protective immunity against this, against BA2. And that's probably due to two things, because a lot of people have gotten vaccinated, although not as many as we would like still. And because a bunch of people have gotten sick, right, with BA1 or Delta before that. And so both of those are likely to convey some protection, certainly against severe disease. Um, and then, you know, potentially, um, and, and I guess I would say more so due to vaccination, but potentially also because of that um, prior infection. Um, and, um, and that also may... Um, provide some protection from reinfection, but for at least Omicron BA1, we didn't see as much. So if you've gotten infected before, you were still getting infected again. We all, I think, know people who unfortunately kind of got COVID a couple, bunch of times. So, um, so I think so far, you know, if BA2 were to follow that, then we wouldn't necessarily expect that people wouldn't get infected, but we would expect that um, there would be some protection against um, like uh, uh, worse outcomes, so hospitalization or worse. Um, broadly, though, I'd say the big pieces here are, um, you know, there are a couple of them, you know, how, who, how many people are vaccinated, um, who is previously infected, and what kinds of measures are people taking? And so again, vaccination, you know, I'd say locally has been pretty, pretty good. US-wide, it really varies. Previous infection really varies. We've had a lot of it. And then measures, well, what we're seeing right now is that people are not taking many, as many precautions, but it's the same kind of precautions that I would highlight. It's A, get, getting vaccinated and boosted, and then 
um, depending on your own individual risk assessment, you know, a lot of this is like, what, what are the repercussions for you or people you know or love or community members? Um, but then, you know, we're back to the same kinds of things, wearing a good mask, a non-cloth mask, and then, uh, you know, distancing, um, staying outside, you know, so I, I, those things I know gone kind of old, but it's the same, those same kind of what I call kind of um, uh, what mitigation measures. So far, the other piece that I guess is promising is that there is not, it's not as robust as we'd like, but in a lot of places and in San Diego, um, there is ongoing testing of wastewater samples for coronavirus. And that's proven to be a pretty good early indicator of um, future increases in COVID-19 cases. Um, and we see those surges sort of a couple of days, sometimes even weeks ahead of time. And so right now we've not seen that large wave in the wastewater. And so that's again promising because it, at least we don't think that means that DA2 is um, infection, like a huge surge of infections is, is, is coming around the corner. Well, it, it seems to me, you know, recent variants and subvariants um, haven't sparked huge concerns, but I mean, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, do you expect a, you know, a really bad hyper contagious um, variant to come along at some point? I mean, it's possible, right? It's just this matter of kind of these different permutations and literally mutations. And if they're ones that our body doesn't know how to deal with or that enable the virus to enter our bodies more easily, then absolutely. Um, and then, but then again, it's this mix, right? Of the virus and then how we behave, right? Are we likely to, are we going into indoor environments with thousands of people hacking and coughing? Or are we sitting by ourselves in front of our computers, even if it's like this potentially really contagious virus? So, um, the, so it's, it's a mix of biology and behavior in society, right? So I, you know, I would say yes, at some point there's that potential. I would also say we're much better equipped in terms of vac vaccination, in terms of even some of these medications that are coming to protect people who um, may still not mount a strong immune response, even after they're vaccinated or, or um, and, uh, and so protecting people from more severe disease. So I think there's that element of, you know, you know, infection may not be as bad as it, as it, it was, right, prior to some of those things. Um, but again, that I hesitate to say that broadly, because for some people, it could still be bad, right? So, so that's where um, there's sort of that assessment. But, but in the general healthy population, that may be true. I know you mentioned, you know, the tips basically follow the things that we have been doing uh, throughout the pandemic, but is there anything else that you'd like to add about, you know, staying safe personally, even, you know, if the rules say we don't have to wear masks, should we still be wearing masks inside? Yeah. So I think this is, again, based on a bunch of different things. It depends on your individual kind of risk perception and comfort level, uh, depends on who you're with, um, and depends on how many people, the ventilation. So I'd say, again, I, my, I know that for most people, they're, they're feeling pretty done with masks and rather not wear masks um, anywhere. Um, but I would just say, you know, there are, personally, I know I, I would make a different decision if I'm in a room with a good friend or two, and I know, you know, both know maybe they're more of their risk or what they're doing. And, and just there's fewer people versus going to an indoor concert, whatever, wherever I've been singing and shouting with 5,000 other people, 10,000 other people. So um, that my, you know, my decision would be different. So it's hard for me to kind of say that one size fits all here, but, um, and then my, my decision would be different if I was entering a nursing home because of maybe people's 
comorbidities or immunity levels. Um, and similarly, if I was in a household with people who I was, I was concerned about their own risk, I'd probably make different decisions myself then because I wouldn't want to expose them. So I think that's a tough thing to answer broadly, right? But I, I mean, at some level, we have to right, agree as a society what's kind of normal different times and feel like we're able to, to live our lives, have things um, move along and not be forever in some state of like total paralysis or fear. So I, I understand that too. Dr. Orn, is there anything else you would like to add? I guess I would just emphasize that, again, what I said at the beginning, that there are this particular uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus and many viruses mutate a lot, mutate quickly. So this whole idea of a variant itself and sort of mass panic is, is not really, I mean, it's just a thing. It's just part of the virus. And there are some of these variants, as we call them, that are of great greater concern than others. And so Delta and Omicron have reached that level. There are these different levels or what we call variants of interest, variants that are people are being monitored and so on. And so there's a whole bunch of these and many of them just don't make it to our collective conscious. Uh, and, and, and because they don't seem to be detected much, they're, they're low levels, um, they just have not posed a greater risk to public health. So I, I think that's maybe just one, one thing to consider. Um, and I and I will say so far, my understanding is that BA2 has not had a large foothold in uh, San Diego yet, as far as I know, in terms of publicly released data.